Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in. Bada beam, bada boom. We have another great episode, ladies and gentlemen. We have another great guest. Today's guest is April G. Some of you know her as Container, and she is an amazing, uh, sweet person. We had a great chat with her. She brought a cat with her, and uh, this cat was one of the cutest cats I've ever seen in my life. It just laid around taking in the conversation and I'm pretty certain that that cat learned a thing or two that day because I certainly did it's really fascinating to listen to April G talk how her musical career and then journey and where it is now and we talked about her new album which is dropping today on Sunday August 27th and it's called shout through the void and I, 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 got, I had the opportunity to listen to the whole album, and I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this is amazing stuff. Uh, before we continue on with April G, a friendly reminder for those who are tuning in for the first time that you can subscribe to the JMS Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, on SoundCloud, and even on Stitcher Radio. You can follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and please follow the JMS Podcast on the website, Go to jmspodcast.com to get a full uh, feature of the content that's available there. And I'm pretty sure there's something for everyone in that website. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, you know, just say hello. Just just let me know what you think of this podcast. Um, if you have any, uh, hopefully, constructive feedback, you can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. All right, April G, she came by. It was great to know her on a personal level. She is, uh, again, like I said before, a very fascinating person and with a lot of uh, a lot of hats. She has a, I don't mean that literally, I mean that figuratively. She is an artist. She is a, a, a brilliant songwriter. And, and uh, as you're about to find out, she can produce music uh, almost on, on a sound engineering level. All right. And uh, but before we go there, this Sunday, uh, like right now, when you're listening to this uh, episode, she's gonna have her album release party, which you are all invited. And on August 27th, which is today, at the Mexican Heritage Plaza in San Jose, it starts at 7 p.m. All right, we all know that we've been, we have all been going through a tough couple of weeks all over the country. And especially here in the Bay Area, considering um, we get some news that some unruly people are going to be hanging out, um, trying to spread some some of their hate. Well, how about you top off the end of this weekend and chillax and listen to some beautiful music and surrounded by very loving people at April G's album release party at the Mexican Heritage Plaza in San Jose, California. At 7 p.m. I will be there. Indeed, I will be there. So it was great to see anybody who recognizes me. I'd love to say hello. All right, let's move on to April G. But before we go to our conversation, I'm going to play one song from her new album. It's called Hearts, and it's my favorite song of the album. I think it's track number nine. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you guys want to know more about her music, because her music will not be available online for a while. And you're better off going to the show tonight and purchasing her album. And because, trust me, I think it's going to be one of the hottest albums coming out of the local area um, so far towards the end of the summer. All right. This is Hearts by April G. 
So it's made out of actual silk? <laughs> yeah, right. Or not? No, Sorry. no. You uh, use the silk to screen uh, through. When it comes to art, I'm very ignorant. Oh, okay. Just, just a heads up. I'm going to ask some stupid questions. Okay, well, uh, I'll have to decipher sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool. Thank you. So, wow. So, how does this work? You go in with this uh, specially made ticket, and do they rip it? Um, no, no, no. So, like, I can put you, if you really want to go, I'll put your name on a list. So, mm -hmm. either you can bring the tickets, or I'll put your name and a plus one on the list. I just have, like, a badge? Like, do I attach you, it to my no, shirt? You, that's more like a or commemorative like, like, thing. Or if, you, if you're not on the list, then you should just come with it, and they'll just go, oh, here you are, and they'll, cool. yeah. It's like, do you get the pass, like here? And do, do, yeah. do they like put like a black light to make sure it's the original? It's, oh, not it's, like it's a, obvious it's the original, copy. yeah. They're all like, they're all super handmade. Each one's unique, look, here's some other ones. Wow. Yeah. I really dig it. Thanks. Might even steal one to put on the... Yeah, of course, that's what it's for, to like commemorate it. <laughs> how you been? Good. How, how was the, uh, the, um... You run a gallery? Yeah, yeah. I run a little boutique in Japantown. Yeah, uh, we did all right today. Petite gallery? Yeah, yeah. Petite galleria. Galleria. So, yeah, Got yeah. Got it. It's uh, really, really tiny, the size of a closet, but with like, uh, at this point, there's over 80 artists in there. So different people that make uh, handmade things or original artists from San Jose that, you know, we've got prints like lithographs, we've got etchings, we've got paintings, we've got handmade jewelry, we've got artisanal chocolates all kinds of things so wow yeah. uh, did you always want to have a gallery or was this something like, like it just kind of it just kind of happened yeah well like people I, kept giving you their art you're like what no what? i have enough like, to make my own gallery it was more like i i at one point i had like this uh space in the citadel that we called the garden and it was like a, a big space kind of like what local color is actually today but it was more like you know we split it up with different sections of artists and then we'd throw like big old gatherings together we'd have like a big old party in the main gallery room and we'd like make real gallery showings and stuff with food and music and all kinds of fun stuff and then at that time the citadel wasn't ready for that kind of thing uh -huh. so they told me i had to stop throwing those parties and i thought oh well, without the parties how do we pay for the overhead forget it let's get out of here you know uh -huh. Because at the time they were prioritizing people living there, even though they were like totally illegally living there at the time. Oh man! So as soon as I left, and they made things more legal with people living there. They put showers in and stuff because there were no showers when I really? was. Really? People were living there. Yeah. Well, when so you're they, an artist, you know sometimes you forget to shower and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Isn't that doesn't that come with the whole thing? Well, it's just like at the time it was like, whoa, this guy next door is like telling us to stop our art gathering because he's like. He's a, like making noise complaints and like this isn't an apartment complex. Mm. This is like a bare bones warehouse that gets freezing cold at night, you know. How so, long were you working at the Citadel before you decided to? So move yeah, on? I only did that for one year, and then me and my friend Courtney wanted to look for another place to kind of show art and be a part of things, and I decided to take a really really tiny spot because I mean I realized that the hardship of taking on such high overhead mm -hmm. because I was like the one managing it all and some sometimes artists were like I can't pay this month I'm like okay if you're not paying guess who is <laughs> you know <laughs> right it's me and then uh did yeah. you always want it to be in Japantown I didn't um I, I I didn't like foresee that it would be in Japantown but when I when I started living in Japantown I realized man this is a gem of a community so yeah. like to be part of 
Japantown is awesome. You know, you know they say the Sofa District is the you know the art district of San Jose, but I I, I think Japantown could really rival it. Uh, is the cat okay? Spilled the water. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. But yeah, Japantown is full of uh, different art out in the streets. And, oh yeah. And and you know with, with Empire Seven. Oh yeah, Empire Seven's great. They're amazing. Yeah. So I think so the, I've been part of that group and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. For me, when people ask me, you know, what's a good hotspot for art in San Jose, I kind of point towards Japantown. Oh, right uh, on. Uh, is a high five? <laughs> high <Okay>. five. Because <laughs> yeah. it has a really good vibe, like a chill vibe to it's it. It's chill. It's um, it's one of the safest neighborhoods until last night, I guess, what happened. You yeah, know? I heard about that. But, I mean, it's typically so, so safe and nice and, like, you know, the flowers are blooming and, like, everybody's drinking coffee and... At nighttime, you know, for our second Fridays, they really come alive. Did you see the last second Friday we had? No, oh. I'm a bit of a hermit, honestly. Oh, man, yeah. you got to come out. Yeah, so. it, it just sometimes I, I'm like, you know what? I'm missing out. I should be out there. Yeah, so now Roy's Station is a bigger part of it. So uh, Vanessa, who works there, organized like a whole lineup of music acts and handcrafts there. So they opened their whole like uh, patio to that kind of thing. And it was just really magical. Mm. So I got to you know reap the benefits of all the commotion and i always have like a new artist on the wall for second friday but now it's like alive with more music more handcrafts and stuff so uh i'm gonna move on for a second because yeah. uh you have quite a reputation oh do here. i oh yeah awesome definitely good hopefully a good one <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good one and it's funny i'm telling the story uh because I remember, like, I heard of you, but I never saw you oh. or your music until recently when Cola had their show oh, at the Ritz. Dope, yeah, we, we and, played uh, together. And I, yeah. was, I was walking out, hanging out, and I, I see someone with a trench coat just walking around, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to mess with that person, right? Because it, it's a pretty big trench coat. And then uh, you, and the, you, this person was putting, you know, cameras everywhere. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. So this person's really, I, I guess, part of the show. I don't know. And then before I know it, I saw you remove, was it a trench coat? It was a big coat. Oh, it was me? With yeah. a trench coat? <laughs> it was you. You, you removed the trench coat because to, to, you were performing on stage. Oh, okay. And you revealed this, this really beautiful dress. Oh, yeah. And you were hiding it Yeah, because otherwise there's no, like, there's no, like, hello, I'm performing. It's like, no, I'm walking around my performance out. Yeah, I think, re big reveal, right? Yeah, yeah. You need to have it sometimes. Do, do you always want to be, like, incognito to kind of... Well, be in the crowd. Yeah, I, like, I mean, that's why I call myself contain her in a way, too, because I like like being a performer and then just being myself. And, you know, it's just kind of fun. So do you feel like you, you kind of have to adjust yourself mentally when you're making that transition, even as an artist? Oh, you mean like to, to be on stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's like it's really, really fun. That's why I do it. I mean, it's um, I come to life when I sing, I think. You know, Interesting. Yeah, it just feels like so liberating. I think, um, I mean, a lot of people talk about the nerves they get, but it's like good energy, you know. So I just encourage like um, anyone who's like starting to do this kind of thing, like that, oh, that's a good thing. Like it's because you care, you know. If you feel like that nervous energy, that means that you really care and like like let it let it flow, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I really dug your stuff. Uh, how long have you been playing music for? I've been playing music, um, I mean, I could say my whole life. I'm definitely one of those people that, like, when I was a little kid, I was drawn to sound. You know, like, I even had, like, a, like, I remember one of my first toys was, like, a little electronic keyboard with a red strap. Mm -hmm. And I also had, like, a little accordion, and I used to sing all the time. So 
like no joke like I've always like thought that I was jamming even if it was noise <laughs> how, how old were you when you received these instruments I was like under the age of like I was probably three when I got my first musical kind of toy hmm. and when I first remember like I have memories of jamming three four five yeah, were your sure. parents musicians themselves absolutely not yeah interesting <laughs> yeah it's interesting how they at you being three years old they brought instruments into the house well, they were like uh, toys because, you know, back then, they, you know, there's all kinds of toys. So, I mean, they weren't like real instruments yet. So, oh, okay. So it kind of came to a point where I was actually, it's like the opposite story of what you typically hear, which is like, oh, my parents forced me to take piano lessons. You know, I was like, can I take piano lessons, please, mm -hmm. please, please, please. And then my parents got divorced and then finally, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was no divorce, there wouldn't have been a, a piano lesson? Was, yeah, I think it kind of like, just, I think it helped, you know, they kind of gave that to me to alleviate things maybe, I don't know. How old yeah. were you when they divorced? Like 11, so. How did you process that, or did, did you taking piano lessons help? Well, I think, oh man, I mean, divorce is just really tough, but yeah, I mean, piano was something I always wanted to learn, and it, I was just really like strangely like into it even though the the piano teacher they picked was not like you know it's not like your typical piano teacher that's really dedicated she in fact like confided in me that she didn't even want to teach piano i'm like oh great we'll work with it whatever uh-huh <laughs> and you were 11 still when she confided this to you i was like 12 or something 12? but yeah <laughs> like we're in it this far well it was just funny it's funny yeah. i you know she she taught me everything i needed to know though so it was awesome were you in any bands in your teenage years? Yeah, well, I, I tried. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, yeah, I didn't really get into bands until college years. So teenage years, I tried, for sure. I was in a jazz band, you know, the, the high school jazz band and the um, the junior high jazz band. So mm. What high school? Hi high school, uh, Santa Teresa. Actually, I wasn't in the jazz band. I was in the marching band, which is even worse, isn't it? No, I think it's pretty cool. It was, it was crazy. I mean... Well, for me, know. I went to Mopitas High. Oh, okay. And the marching band was a big deal, like, for them. Like, yeah. You know, they they kind of actually were, like, you know, pretty uh, good in the state. I know, So yeah. anybody who joined the marching band... It's, it's like, legit. You yeah, can just no tour the around. world and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So for me, when I when people say they're in march, in a marching band, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they're pretty some serious musicians. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah. Ours was a little marching band. We uh -huh. just played Gershwin and... We wore pastel blue, had funny little plumes on our head, and had to do a bunch of push-ups. Did you grow up in the south side of San Jose? I did, yeah. How I was, was that? San Jose, girl. It was good. I mean, I think... Because uh, the reason I ask is it's, for me, I, I, I hate admitting this, but it's not so recent years that I really started, you know, um, kind of navigating towards South San Jose. Okay. And it's kind of its own little thing. It's kind of its own little suburbia happening. Yeah, I mean, really... My I was districted out to go to Oak Grove, so I'm like right on that border. But I used the marching band as, as an excuse to go to Santa Teresa because I thought somehow they had better like honors classes and stuff like that. So I did. There was a di different kind of feel to both places. But yeah, I think um, it's very preppy, you know. <laughs> and, and you were aspiring to take honors classes, so yeah, so school was. was a big deal for you. Yeah, like I mean, even even like. You know, like when I was accidentally placed in like, like the wrong introductory science class, I was like, hey, 
I should be in this science class. So I actually myself marched to the like, principal's office and changed things. Because so I was like, no, I'm not taking this. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, because so, I wanted all my options open at that time. You know, Even in college, I was like, no, I, need, I want to take all this stuff. You took such an initiative to, to make sure it happened. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Oh, I don't know. I think um, in general, artists, we tend to be really independent, right? I think that's the one thing that, um, that one of the things that differentiates us from other people's, like, we just do things our own way, even if they're not profitable, even if they're not the, the right path or whatever, we just kind of do things our own way. So, mm. yeah. So Were you painting at this time as well? Painting? Yeah, I mean, I've always been... I've always been kind of a, an artist, you know, like, I mean, even back in elementary school, like, people knew me for, as an artist, you know. So I think I identified with that, because the role is almost given to you. People go, oh, that's the artist girl. You go, okay, that's who I am. Sure. And you embraced it from a young age? Yeah, I think because, I mean, any anything you feel like you feel confident in, that you feel like um, like you can flow in, you know, think um you know that's that's what you kind of like develop into so I mean I think everybody finds that like in, in parts of their character like whatever they feel like strong and they're like oh, you know I'm getting support in this this field or this thing so I'm going to keep going right mm. yeah that's that's interesting I, I have a hard time with that I, I don't do well when I get complimented as an artist oh. uh, I, I take it to um I don't know I just undeserving of that title you know well I feel like I think I mean I feel like everyone could be an artist so I don't think that there's anything wrong with taking it on yeah I think that everyone has like innate creative abilities you know in one version or another whether it be like computer programming or like painting there's still creativity in there so it's just like if you want to take it on it's an honor you know yeah just yeah. do it <laughs> I, I, I've, I've yet to get there I, I've <laughs> but so in high school you're, you're getting involved with with, with marching band with music, you're doing art stuff. Yeah, I didn't really take music that seriously though until like well after college. So well, yeah. Uh, so after you graduate from high school, the plan was to go to college. What, what college did you decide to go to, and what were you studying? UC Santa Cruz, and I was studying everything because I didn't know what I was. So I was oh. like, I don't know what I am. I want to study. <laughs> I've been there physics, so many times. Science. I'm yeah. gonna be a science major slash art major slash environmental studies major that also takes legal studies yeah I was I was kind of nuts but you know it's just me exploring and I'm I, I don't regret those years at all but you know it definitely didn't pan out to who I am today like um, but I'm glad I went because I mean I have all this I have all this knowledge now and I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't um, take it back at all like like yeah, you have no idea. I'm like, I did study this stuff. But what major? I do, I do know about environmental studies really well. I do is know, that the yeah. major you settled in? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like people question you for that? No, it's just you like... You sound a bit defensive about it. No, it's just in, in a way, doesn't it feel like kind of a waste? I mean, well, I don't know. Well, I'm, I My was parent. a film major. So <laughs> right, but you know, you have I'm, parents or other people that are like, well, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I get that a lot. I still what? get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah. your parents were, were a bit iffy about you use uh, well, college goals and stuff like that. All the time. Oh well, yes, but I mean, you know, they're supportive. They're supportive now, and that's what counts. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, they've always been supportive. I can't say that it was me that was like didn't know 
yeah. like who I was exactly, you know. So no, I totally understand. Yeah. Like, like for for me, anything I did in high school and college, uh, you know, whether it was playwriting, screenwriting, film, a variety of things, I I, I do get some um, some uh, uh, my parents telling me is like, yeah, is that really what do you make of it? Where's the career well, that's in this? Good. That's what H- parents however, are supposed to do. Right, but however, know? when yeah. it comes to like to the day of the show or to the day of the performance, they show up. Yeah. So it's like kind of like the, the, the love-hate relationship. Well, no, they just want to keep us in line. They want to make sure we don't end up impoverished. I impoverished. think that's mostly what parents are worried about. Well, <laughs> right. Hey, well, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> so but so you're going to Santa Cruz. You see Santa mm-hmm. Cruz. And uh, this is where you say that music really took on a more serious role. Yeah, I think I began to write music more seriously. Like I'd always dabbled and I'd always played tunes and recorded like I'd record myself playing piano and jamming and stuff, but I'd never like really like uh, made like pop songs until like until college. Yeah, it was um, you know I picked up a guitar and yeah, I just began. So my grandfather died and I think that really affected me. And I wrote a song, I sang it for his memorial, and mm-hmm. then I kept writing more songs after that. Cause I think you know when someone dies, you kind of realize, oh shit, like well I could die too you know mm-hmm. so aside from being like really blown away by him dying I was like blown away by just mortality and I was like oh you know that's when I like just kind of said oh I better be who I am you know music came came in stronger I remembered all my roots and everything that like had been calling me all that time even though most people are like oh that's nothing you should pursue right so music is not something anyone should pursue, you know, for, I don't know, that's what you're always told, at least in maybe just in, in my background of like, you know, middle class San Jose, right? We are told that maybe in LA, you're like, hell yeah, be a musician. You're young enough, go for it, right? Mm-hmm. But here in San Jose, you're like, be an engineer, be a doctor, be a lawyer. What are you thinking about? Artists? That's a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I just decided, Hey, I'm going to die. Yeah, we're all going to die. I better do something that I really love. And I, I better, like, see where this takes me or, like, throw myself into it and explore it, express myself into it, you know, in, in ways that I, that I feel calling me. So mm-hmm. that's where, it, that's when it started, really. Yeah. What kind of sounds were you listening at the time that influenced your, your music? Well, I mean, everything kind of comes together. Like, I've always been just a fan of... Uh, like classic pop music, meaning, meaning like the Beatles, right? I grew up with the Beatles and ABBA, and then I fell in love with things like Depeche Mode and the Smiths and stuff like that, and then I got into just more electronic stuff, you know? So like I used to frequent this place that everybody loved drum and bass, and I got into like, oh, how do you produce drum and bass? How does that work? And I, I'd sneak in on sessions that my my friend was producing that stuff, and I learned about how to track things out, you know. So I learned about, oh, how do you how do you like um, make an actual beat? Oh, how do you cut it up? Or how do you take this and how do you make it have a lot of kick or when when do you like let the beat drop and all that, you know. So I would like play keyboard parts on his some of his music and then I kind of just learned through him like some of the the foundations of electronic music that I kept learning about as I progressed. So do you consider yourself somewhat of a sound engineer? 
Um, I wouldn't say sound engineer. I think I'm still more of a composer, um, but I'm learning a lot more about sound engineering as I go. I mean, I, I've learned quite a bit about mixing just this year. And I, you know, off the top of my head, if I'm sitting in on a session, I can, I can actually suggest to the mixer, oh, like, why don't we like, double that part and why don't we like EQ out this and like boost the bass and the secondary part and then like then we'll keep that like ringy tone you know like <laughs> like yeah. we were just the other day we we're like how do we make this bass work you know how do uh, we make it work yeah. so like I suggested something and it worked so I'm at the level where like at least I kind of know little things that I could do to a mix to make that work even though I'm not a sound engineer yet at least I know kind of what's going on and I do like I do encourage I'll just throw this out there for people making their own music you know do not be afraid to to do things you know like if you're learning how to mix use your ears you know like use your ears more than anything like that that is like a huge tool your ears will teach you what you're supposed to do anyway you know like so if you're just like you know think that there's oh, like, I don't have knowledge in that field. Like, you can acquire that knowledge, you know. You can read about it, but you can also just go for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And having this knowledge, <laughs> I feel like it's a big edge when it comes to collaboration, right, with other yeah, musicians? Yeah, of course. So so nowadays, like, I can offer to produce for someone else. I could confidently say, oh, I, I can produce your album. I can produce your track, you know. I, I know how I can break this part down for you, or I know, like, what kind of technology we need to like I we need to go to this recording studio and do that because we need that mm -hmm. otherwise I can record the rest at home we could totally make it work with some stems you know cool. so I know how to like save people money <laughs> <laughs> so you're here in college you're getting involved in music you had a big turn in your life uh, were you doing a lot of solo stuff or did how long did it take to you to bring some uh, to get a band together well I was doing solo stuff but then I kind of um, after college, I had my first real band experience. Like, well, I had two at the same time, actually. So I joined someone else's project as a keyboardist, and, and I got to, like, experience that. And it was, like, a kind of cool project. What was the project? Yeah, it, well, it was his project called Adam One. It was, like, his solo thing, and I was playing. That's the first time I got to play some analog gear, you know, like, because our, our mutual friend who was in the band, too, was an analog gear collector so i'm like okay in front of me i have this list vintage casio it can sample my voice how about love is freedom and i'm like love is freedom love is freedom love is freedom love is freedom you know we like had this like crazy experimental shit yeah. and then he had he had some moves and then i'd be like you know playing with oscillators so i was like okay this is fun so that was one band that i was part of for a little while. Meanwhile, I was also part of a band that I was more the leader of, even though it, I wasn't quite the leader. You were the front man. I was the front lady. Front lady. Yeah. Because I, I sang the songs, but some of the songs were written by other bandmates, and they'd written the structures, and they wanted me to create lyrics for the structures. And it was more like indie rock, or it had some kind of like laid back surf kind of sounds to it. You know, like you don't sound so enthusiastic no, as you're no. describing it. No, no, I'm just like I'm just reminiscing. Oh. I am enthusiastic. <laughs> Surfer rock, huh? I don't know. I just like, like the ventures kind of stuff. No, it just sounded like dun, 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 like hanging out on the beach, like okay, beach music. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 you know, 
like singing about lazy Sunday mornings and stuff. So yeah, it was cute. Cute and, band. And at this point, you were so, you, not not only were you before, uh, conducting music, but you were also songwriting. I was songwriting, but I was not at this point. Uh, like I couldn't say I was a producer. I didn't have all the skills to do engineer any kind of engineering. But I was writing songs for the first time for this project. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really acquire it. Like, over time, I was learning all the stuff. But I didn't really, like, take it on until later. Yeah. What was the name of this band? All Signs Point to Yes. All Signs Point to Yes. Like the eight ball. You, like, shake the eight ball. Uh-huh. And it goes, all Signs Point to Yes. <laughs> well, did you guys abbreviate it to, like, initials? All Signs. All Signs. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of places were you guys performing? Uh, just stupid, just stupid dives. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't like have. Oh, is that your, is that your phone? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We didn't, we didn't have any idea what we were doing with trying to find gigs. We were just kind of like a lot of bands are today in San Jose. We're like whatever, play at CJ's or whatever, play at you know. The Blank Club, or no, the Blank Club, we would have loved to play there. No, <laughs> we didn't play there. Where did we play? We played at, um, what was it called? Um, Johnny V's. Johnny yeah. V's! Oh, I remember we Johnny V's. We played at some Santa Clara bar called CJ's or something. CJ's, uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're just like, or we played at house parties. We didn't know how to do that part of the, because that, that's like legwork that you learn as a musician too. Like, how do I get to play places? How do I get better venues? What do you need to do? You know, like I learned that down the line. But for the most part, in the beginning, it was about getting that sound together, getting that music. Yeah, I was just going. practicing and playing and like feeling what it's like to be in a band. Yeah, and I kind of learned what I like about this kind of band, what I don't like about it, mm-hmm. what I would want my band to be like. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, everybody learns from all these experiences. Just recently, you know, I, you know I've been putting together a band and oh, cool. we performed for the first time together in Santa Cruz about a month ago or so but it was a whole different dynamic that I, I, it took me a lot of adjusting to oh yeah uh, and a lot of um, each band is different we, too each band is yeah. totally different it's like a relationship but with four different people yeah a relationship <laughs> with like three different dudes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah you know for the longest part I would perform solo uh, and then you bring in a band, and, and for me, at least I, 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 you know, I let them layer up on my sound, and I find out that they just elevate, uh, or they Elevate, le- levitate yeah, yeah. The, uh, the songs to a whole different level, and uh, and it again, it took me some adjusting because I wasn't used to it. I was like, yeah. oh, like should I even tell him what what to do? No, it's like he's what he's doing is way better than what I had in my head. Well, that's that's kind of the beauty of live players and collaborations is that depending on like how like if you if you're the one that's band leader like how loose do you want the reins to be you know like and and let this this person fly with their with their skills let's see what happens you know so or it's also about like oh for this project I should ask this person to collaborate because that that's the kind of sound I want just naturally you know so you know you kind of learn about all the the dynamics of how it's going to work okay you know we work if we work with them there's going to be a lot of like hanging out and smoking cigarettes and <laughs> you know or if we work with these guys they're like where are the charts where are your line sheets you know oh man you know see, there's different see, kinds those of kind people. musicians intimidate me 
They do. Uh, because cause I, when they request for this, I don't have it. It's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like my status as a musician is, is lowered because I'm like, it's I don't know. It's not lower. It's just, di- they're just different. different. I wouldn't say it's lower. It's just different. You know, mm. there's some people that are, they're like, actually, can you, instead of singing ooh, can you sing ah? You know, and they're like really detailed about how they control the sound. And other times, you know, really it's like, let's see what happens. Let's mm-hmm. jam it out. Let's find out what happens. See, yeah. I'm more on that level. And so far, I've been lucky. Knock on wood. So yeah. Far. Uh, so how long has this uh, band been, been playing together? Uh, we've been playing together for a year and a half. And yeah. you already graduated, right? Yeah, At yeah. At this point? Yeah, yeah. Did so you? this is like, well, are you talking about that old band? Uh, are you talking about now or are you talking all, about? The All Signs? Oh, that was a while ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So were you during college or yeah, after yeah. college? Yeah, right after college. Oh, right after college. Yeah. Did yeah. you stay in Santa Cruz after college or did you come back? I stayed for a bit. Yeah, but oh. I couldn't stay there really. I couldn't find a job out there. I was trying to do graphic design like freelance style just to stay there. And I was like, like mm-hmm. struggling, like doing graphic design for like solo guitar lesson people and African drummer guys and <laughs> whatever I could. <laughs> what do you think? You like it? So yeah. how was it coming back? How's it what? Coming back. To San Jose? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it was just kind of necessary at first, but, mm. you know, my my family's here. So many of my friends are here. So much of my roots are here. And, you know, it's it's not bad. In fact, I feel like San Jose's not, not really a bad place to live at all. It's, it's pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of diversity here. There's a lot going on that people don't see, right? Like, you know about it. Oh, you, yeah. You cover all all the people doing things here and to be honest with you i would never in my life know as much as i do now if it wasn't for this podcast for oh. example you know and, and it really opened my eyes to how diverse and low-key places are but yeah. and, and and that's kind of where the beauty and and i think uh i guess uh aesthetic of it that I like is that i'm not it's not like a, a fucking what's the word i'm looking for E map where you're, okay this is that this is here it's more like no dude you got to go drive around and, well, and you you'll gotta, be surprised where you you're gonna actually got to meet that. people to know what's going on and mm-hmm. to know what's really going on so yeah I mean I've grown to understand it a lot more yeah than when I was growing up here and it's like it's, it's got a lot going on like that people in San Francisco don't get it right you talk to them as soon as you bring up San Jose they They'll make fun of you in some way. Really? <laughs> yeah. I haven't had that experience in you San haven't? Francisco. No. I've had it happen several and I'm a, times. I'm a, I do stand-up, too. Okay. I've so. had it happen like, several times with, uh, I don't know, just, I, I guess that's a really rude thing to do, but some musicians are rude, so they're like, well. Oh, oh fuck them. Yeah. Who <laughs> No, that's one thing I learned. It, it, it doesn't matter where you're from, necessarily. Uh it, it, your work should speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I, I really don't like this whole idea where people describe their music as like, oh, it's a very San Francisco sounding song or it's very, it's very, you know, it's like, what does that mean? Well, uh, yeah. Or, or do you, or do you uh, I, I mean, never say that. that. I don't under- even understand what that would mean, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a- anyway, so you're playing this, this band after college, you move back. Yeah. And you're seeking work as a graphic designer. Yeah, but that was just a. I mean, I did a bunch of silly stuff because I was still like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be an academic. I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to go back to school. So I was just like a lost, you know, the the lost soul. I like that. I like that. <laughs> you know, 
That's good. I mean, it sucks. Well, it, it sucks when you're when you're when you're going through that phase. Oh yeah, it but, sucks. Yeah. But I feel a person can learn a lot through that self reflection. You do learn a lot. You do. I'm like, I mean, I can honestly say I was depressed a lot of the time, and I, I mean, I'm I, like I was like, you know, pretty bad. I was like, yeah. These days, I, I'm never, never even like. I mean, I can't remember the last time I cried, you know, I'm like a happy person. <laughs> so, How did the depression manifest itself? Was I mean, it's it had always been there, kind of, and it just, like, being the lost soul made it even worse. Mm-hmm. But then that's kind of like the artist's journey in a lot of ways, right? Like, sure. if you're not that, if you don't have a, ki- a kind of pain, you know, like, how deep can you really go to make yeah. beautiful things, you know? Like, I don't know, I've rarely met someone who's just, like, ecstatically happy that just makes the most beautiful things that hasn't gone through something that's, you know, well, I, tough. I, I always say that a lot of great beauty in the world is, is has gone through suffering. Yeah, uh, or at least just something, right? They've gone through, like... Some sort of conflict and obstacle. Yeah. Because uh, once, especially when you realize the story of someone who has a, a huge challenge... It just makes that piece of work even more beautiful. Well, like, that's kind that. of the reason for expression, and for a lot of expression, right? Like, how many times have you heard, like, you know, a beautiful song and you find out, oh, the writer was writing about heartbreak, or mm-hmm. the writer had just gone through this horrible thing, or lost his child, or there's so many beautiful songs it's because of something horrible happened at some point in their life, you know? But then, you know hopefully they transcend and then they have even more to offer as someone who like uplifts the world because they've gotten past something that was huge and heavy you know so yeah i hear you yeah and so you're here hanging out lost soul (laughs) lost soul what what changed (laughs) oh what changed what do you mean yeah did you find like you did you find a a line to hold on to did you did well let's go back so you're you're playing this band a year and a half what happens after a year and a half? Um, I was a lost soul for a couple years, so yeah, for a while. Did you um, stop playing music with this band? I stopped playing music with them. I started playing with, I mean, I played in several projects. So I, I was uh, in this project that was kind of m- even more me, but I was still not the, the official band leader. So um, yeah, it was called Salt. Salt. Yeah. And yeah, the band leader was Rose, but I was like, I wrote the lyrics and, you know, I wrote the songs. So how is it writing for someone else? Well, well, you know, like, I mean, I never in a way it was interesting, right? Because she'd say, I want you to make a song about the virgin whore complex. (laughs) You know, a girl can't just be a virgin. She's also a whore. So I'm like. Got it. I'm on it. Virgin whore. Let's go. So I wrote the virgin whore song because Rose was the band leader and told me, here's your inspiration. Go, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how Run it Run with it. Run with it. Yeah. Yeah, and at, at some point it got, we got too carried away with that. And then I think that's why I left the band because she was like, if I tell you I want you to tap dance on stage, you should tap dance on stage. Oh. And I'm like, uh, uh. And yeah. then boom, we're all out. You know? When I say jump, you say how, how high kind yeah, of yeah. attitude? Yeah, just that, yeah. that's that's kind of why the band dissipated, I think, because it was a little like, she's like, this, I started this. 
you know, hello. Which wasn't new. I mean, working with other bands, there's a lot of ego involved. No, I mean, but I, I have an ego too, right? Uh, if you're you? If you're a songwriter, uh. you have, you know, you're like, I want to do this. And then, yeah. so that's why I think, I mean, you can have tensions like that, even though she did technically start the band. So I should have, you know, known, okay. You're, you're the, you're, this is your conceptual piece and I'm, I'm playing like I think over time though as you play in these projects you realize like why you set up certain boundaries and you set up certain rules for how to do things you know because then it makes everything clean you know right so these days I you know I'll even say okay if you want to be art director for this project maybe I learned that from my boyfriend you know because in like the actual like corporate world like who's the art director you listen to the art director because they're the ones with the vision, even though you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be art director for this project, you get the vision, and you better stick to the vision or you're going to have a watered-down vision, right? Right. So there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know how everything's going to flow and your boundaries, and then feelings are not hurt as much if you are clear, you know? Right. So I, I've learned that now as an adult, but, you know, when you're, when you're a young adult, you're like, eh, Huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> when did Container come in the picture? Um, container, not too long ago, maybe five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I started a project with a friend, um, David Gutierrez. So, we were we were writing a project, but um, at this time, it was kind of like he was producing me in a way. He wasn't producing me entirely, but it's like. I allowed him to be the art director. So I would like join him in his apartment and I'd play out chords and go like, yeah, that's it. So it was kind of like that style of production. Yeah, that's it. I'll grab that. And then, okay, what's the chorus going to be? And I'm like, how about this? And he's like, yeah, or no, that's not right. (laughs) Right. And so I kind of allowed that kind of collaboration again, where I allowed someone to be kind of more in control of things. But then I'd like, you know, give feedback in a way when you do that kind of project it's it's almost easier because you're like you kind of you know you kind of let them lead and it you don't overthink things because you're like okay yeah all right you know mm-hmm. but then again projects like that I don't know how long they can last because you know yeah who knows <laughs> but that's yeah that's how uh container music started that way like container and the star people started that way because we were originally going to be the star architects but then he dropped out of the whole project and then I was like well I'm container so I'm going to call this container and the star people so that I can go on to phase two and continue my work you know mm-hmm. now how did the name container come about because it's spelled quite interesting her yeah yeah well that's what I'm saying yeah. like at first I wasn't I wasn't sure if the band was called contain her or container Oh, yeah, it's both. It's right. Container, yeah. So what, what was the choice behind that? I just like, I mean, a lot of people tell me that it's a dumb thing, but I don't care. Um, I like the idea. It's not that, it's not dumb. <laughs> Some people think it is. <laughs> or it's not, you know is what I like? Is it your parents about? again? There's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of a people lot. with opinions. <laughs> sure, yeah. For you to let them loose. Yeah. But uh, one, I felt like I needed a moniker, right? Just because I felt like I wanted to have an artistic moniker. And I, I was drawn to the idea of contain her because I liked the idea of, well, seeing it from, from several different sides. You know, like I'd read, like, you know, Alan Watts likes Chinese words because they have multiple meanings in one word. So contain her does, too. Mm-hmm. It's like a two-word poem. 
Um, the second you know you hear contain her, you're like container, contain her. Is she being contained? Is she can she be contained? You know, it, it gives you a lot of different like thoughts. Along with that, I was kind of thinking of the idea that um, kind of on a deeper level that here's another like slightly morbid thing, but we're all going to die again, right? I think that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to die. <laughs> so in this very moment in time, you're just a vessel for energy that's formulating you for this moment. You're a container in a way, right? And it's just passing through you to express through you the way it's going to express and then it's going to go. Mm. So I'm a container container also I can't be contained you know because it's kind of like you know it's a limitless kind of thing but I also like that it sounds kind of negative to whoever's negative that's hearing it they're like they're like that sounds like you're in prison I'm like well you must think that way (laughs) you're you're projecting half the people think half the people do as soon as they hear container yeah they think oh that sounds like that sounds really bad sounds like bondage or something you know Uh And the other half of the people go like, I get it. You can't be contained. Uh-huh. So it kind of like tells me something about them, how they interpret it. Uh-huh. So it's, I think it's just an interest. That's why I think it's an interesting moniker because it like has all this like w- interpretations. And it's like a poem that's just the simplest poem you could have made, you know. So, yeah. How did you form the, because the, it's a four piece band, right? Oh, you mean, okay. So this band now, so I'm container. Um, and the band, we've now uh, decided to call the band the Lucid Dreamers. So it's Container and the Lucid Dreamers. Yeah. So the band formed originally because I reached out to my friend Freddie, right? Who, like, I knew he was a natural at, like, all kinds of music. Even though he's also a visual artist. Like, I've, I've, I, I had jammed with him maybe, like, once before and I just knew it. So, you know, I was like, oh, when you know it, you know it. So I asked him if he would like back me in my own project, you know, to perform one show. I was like, I want to do this show. And I think I wanted to release this album a long time ago. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like, will you help me with this album release show or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of developed from there. Like originally I had this other drummer that was like, he was a really good drummer, but he wasn't like dedicated to being in the band experience, you know? He's like such a pro that he's like, works for Sony and just shows up and then leaves, you know. But at the same time, his energy was like, it was too light, you know, it was too jazzy. Mm. And then Freddie's, one of his best friends, Lawrence, was like really fiery, you know. You're like, whoa, you can feel the energy. Like he's not, you know, quote unquote, a pro like the other guy, but he's he's feeling it, you know. And I feel like that's really important when you have an ensemble you're creating that you feel that energy between you because mm-hmm. that's like okay if you don't have that to begin with and you just have blase players that are like what are the parts that's never gonna grow into anything and why start with something that's not gonna grow into something you know right you, if you can feel that you're like okay let's see what let's see what happens you know let's take it to, to level two or whatever yeah and then um we'd been playing for a little while when i mean i was on I was just on the internet like I think I was always like just like checking out musicians on the internet to see like okay who who can I collaborate with because I'm always collaborating with people anyway you know like regardless of my own personal project I also do collaborations you know Mm -hmm. that could be totally different and I happened to find this guy James online and I was like 
hey man i like your i like your progressions i like your like like the, the parts you're making do you want to collaborate on something and he, he heard my music and he was like hell yeah i want to collaborate on something like he felt it and he was like he wanted to work on something and then i told him about i'm like do you want to come to hang out with us you know i've got an ensemble like you want to play with us and see what it's like and then like he just like he just ran with it he just totally ran with it and we like we were playing a show all together like very shortly after meeting him which freaked him out he was like oh my god i'm on stage what am i doing you know <laughs> <laughs> now have you guys because you have an album coming out yeah later this month is this your first album or is it your second album um actually i've i mean technically technically this is my first solo produced album with my own concept and everything right mm -hmm. so i've done the lyrics i've done the production all the ideas come directly from me this is my first i would say solo album right but i've written other albums before so i'd been you know like i said with all signs point to yes we had an album together or i did you know you know i i i did a project called carbon gray for a graphic uh, graphic novel so i i did a based on their concept I wrote songs and produced songs but using their concepts mm -hmm. you know so I've done other albums but this is my first truly solo album with my own concepts and my, my own ideas at play how yeah. was the journey creating this album and uh, what, what what are how many songs are going to be in this album 12 12 yeah. mm -hmm. and what do these 12 selected songs do you hope people can get out of ultimately I'm hoping that they I'm hoping that they feel like there are these momentous occasions in my life or just these like very strong feelings and, and patterns of growth that I went through where I felt like um, like I, I was able to to rise above certain things you know so there's a lot of songs in here that's that are about like hey you know like instead of just being torn by heartbreak or or you know you can actually grow from this they've got a vibe of that what is it saudade or whatever right mm -hmm. um, there's also songs that are like like personal like um, mantras you know like you know like look around like even I mean these days like you look around if you're bogged down by what's going on right now you know I mean there's like horrible things going on in our country in the world but artists, they need to get up and keep going. We have to. We're very necessary in this, you know. So, like, it's kind of like I have a couple, like, mantra songs that are like, do it, you know. Get up. Like, there's been, a, like, year, there's been hundreds of years of suffering. Like, how do you think we're going to get past the suffering? Like, creative people have to get us to the next level. We can't keep fighting the same wars. Like, to get to the next level, you have to think at the next level. Who does that, you know? Creatives have to do that, so... Yeah, and then I just have, you know, songs about, like, um, just kind of, like, kind of imagining the connections you have with the universe or have a song where it's, like, um, what it's like when you you find someone and, and they kind of light up your world the second you meet them. What it's like, you know, the next morning, you know. What yeah. is it like for you the next morning after that? You're like, whoa. Like, I can breathe. Hello. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I have a lot of songs that, a lot of love songs, and a lot of songs about, like, hope and inspiration. Yeah, so that kind of thing. 
And you named this album, uh, I just looked at it. Yeah, Shot Through the Void. Shot Through the Void. Yeah. Now, kind of going back to what you're telling me, how how sometimes uh, it's, it's, it's a good mix when you have both uh, a, a positive and a negative side to yeah. things. So, so the, the, inside the album, it's a lot of hopeful songs, a lot of positivity. Mm-hmm. And yet, the, the title of the album has a little dark element to it. Well, it's just kind of a reminder that sometimes, like, you, well, especially artists, right? Who's going to hear us? There's no guarantee anyone's ever going to hear your song. A lot of times you hand out a CD and people are like, well, what's a CD? I don't use CDs anymore. Or like, you know, you try your best to show someone, here's my track online and no one clicks it. They're like, if it doesn't have a pretty white girl on it, I won't click it. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Oh, You're shit. never going to hear my music. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can totally relate to that you know, on, like, on so many levels. So you're, yeah. as an artist, there's no guarantee that your art's going to touch anyone. Yeah. So you're shouting through the void. You're like, yeah. Yeah. hello, world. <laughs> I, can t- I, I really dig it. I could totally relate to that on, on, on multiple levels. Well, yeah, with uh, the podcast. Well, podcasting. You sometimes I'm like, You don't know who's listening. Right. You don't know I, how they're going to be impacted. They might really be impacted. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like sometimes, you know, you know, because I have my own uh, personal emotional roller coaster that I go through and not just in podcasting but in variety of things my songwriting and stand up or, or filmmaking I I, I I constantly worry about like does anybody even give a shit yeah. is anybody listening to this does anybody care who I'm talking to like how much uh, their impact in the community is or or in general like the stories I'm trying to tell or the, or the, the certain con- uh, subtext through the jokes and I think music helped me in that because there's a good point in music where I stopped playing music because I'm like, I was upset at myself because I kept trying to be a certain kind of musician. And then it took some time to me to realize like, no, I need to be myself. Yeah, totally. You know, and, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned before, it's not about someone being the most um, educated in music. It's the feeling. Yeah. And the feeling you convey. Music is sonic emotion. So do you have to be... A scholar of notation or a scholar of formats or like a, and, and you, know, you don't essentially. do you yeah I mean like I don't think you don't have to yeah I mean I mean oftentimes like people you they go oh but have you have, have you had proper voice training I'm like huh. did Billie Holiday have proper voice training would you have had Billie Holiday with proper voice training right no you wouldn't have the aberration right mm-hmm. so even though yeah I got some voice training later on. I didn't start out that way, yeah. you know. And well, I think I know I need some. I'm just I don't know, not there yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I these days I'm not opposed to it at all. I think it's awesome, you know. It teaches you to how to expand your range and yeah. to not hurt yourself. But I think for anyone to to be a snob to any musician about things that they should do, mm-hmm. I think that's not the way to go. That's not the not the way amazing things are made. And yeah. talking about voice, you have a, a pretty distinct uh, sound profile. Uh, do you feel like that's one of those developed, or do you feel like that's something you always had when you started out? No, I don't think that. I think a child, right? Like when you you take a child, and as a child, you remember things that stand out to you, and you're like, I like that, right? That's what a child goes through. They go, Oh, I like that, you know? And then they go, Oh, I like that too. And they go, Oh, I really like that. And I think. As a, as a journeying musician, as you grow up, you accumulate all the things that you like. And you, at first, you emulate them, right? First, like, I remember, 
I totally emulated um, and this is this is uh, oh, here's a reference that people aren't gonna associate with my voice but I totally did it but you know the mamas and the papas there's this old record yeah um, star shining bright above you you know like I like totally like as a little kid I like tried to sing exactly like that you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean there's like moments like that as a kid where you're like oh I'm gonna like sing this in that super like resonant bathroom or whatever and you just sing it over and over and over again <laughs> and over time you do find your own style it comes yeah, yeah but what is a child's style you know what is a child a child is just taking the world in so what is an artist? Artist is just an extended child. You know, <laughs> you're taking the world in. You're always inspired. You're like, I like this about that, and I don't like this about that. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I have a lot of influences. But then I, at you know, I've for a long time now, I've uh, I've tried to make my own style entirely. So. Well, you you almost have to do it subconsciously. I feel like you sometimes I like. It's hard to really do it on purpose sometimes. Some do your own style, you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing you can do is go like, oh, but I didn't sing it like that person or like that person. Like, this is me, right? Well, sometimes you'll hear like... Sometimes your style is emu emulated yeah. through someone else, and yeah. that's okay. I, yeah. I think what I, I think I'm kind of trying to get through here is to embrace your style. Yeah. Even its flaws. Yeah, your style has... Well, that's another thing I like about, like... I mean, one thing that I do is I don't like using auto-tune, and I actually like when I have, like, things that are slightly off that come back on. I just mm -hmm. like it, you know? I think, like, it's part of uh, part of the style. It's like, you know, a little Enzo, you know? That's what makes it cool, is it's, it's not going to be auto-tuned. It's not going to sound exactly like... I mean, there's so many pop singers, they all sound very, very, very close to each other, you know? Yeah. They all have a certain... And they all use the same reverb and compression and everything, all along with having a very similar style. And I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, talking about style, I've noticed that you've also been involved in different uh, projects that evolved you singing, you know, well-known songs. I think you you emulated Stevie Nicks recently. I, yeah, at the I just Forager. did that. They asked they asked me to take on a woman in rock. And I was like, hmm, women in rock. You get to choose? Yeah, I got to choose. Why did you choose Stevie Nicks? Because she's awesome. Because she's like a real rock star. Because she, at her time, she like, um, I mean, I felt like she was like some sonic witch, you know? Like, oh. did you see her performances? Yeah, yeah. You can see she, some of them on YouTube. Some can say she's a sonic gypsy. Yeah, she's, a, she's a gypsy <laughs> witch. Uh, like... Yeah, and she wrote those songs so you can feel them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this, some of the best songs that Fleetwood Mac ever had, she wrote. And at the time, they were like, this is a boring song. Why are we singing Dreams, you know? Like, why? <laughs> They're like, ha-ha, that's our best hit. Uh -huh. Suck it, you know? <laughs> no, I'm sure they were working as a team. They're like, oh, great, it's working well, out. I don't know. <laughs> you want to know the story of Fleetwood Mac? Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of infighting. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Also a lot of passion, a lot mm -hmm. of love. But yeah, I just, I thought she was, she personified like one of the first women in rock, right? Like, mm. I know there's Janis Joplin too and stuff, but sure. I felt like she was one of the first women as far back as I could see that like influenced me, uh -huh. you know, but there's also, there's tons of others, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. There's, you know, Blondie and all kinds of, so I was like, oh, she probably influenced 
I mean, I, I can kind of see like lines of things that she may have influenced. So cool. Yeah, it's good to go back far. <laughs> We're getting towards the end. Cool. April. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not talking about literally the end. We're not oh. dying yet. You okay. Know? Yeah. We talk yeah. about death quite a bit on here. <laughs> um, but uh, usually at this point, I ask the musicians to kind of talk to me about the evolution of their instruments from the first instrument you got, you know, what brand and how'd you get it to the instrument you're using now. Like a real instrument or a toy? Like a real <laughs> instrument this time. All right. Uh, the first instrument, I, that was a piano. Okay. Uh, it's a what is it again? Oof. Was it full on piano or was it like a like no, it's a real a Casio? Piano. No, a real oh. piano. Um, it was part of the whole parents that's, getting divorced. My mom wanted a good looking piano. Schaefer and Sons. Oh, yeah, that's a good brand. Yeah, and it's a really pretty, like red cherry yeah. cherry wood piano. Yeah, so that was my first. And then when they got a divorce, then my dad got like this vintage piano. So like, oh, also wooden also would yeah so I had the the cherry Schaefer and Sons and I had a super vintage kind of clangy like a uh, piano too and uh -huh. I would jam yeah so those were my, that was my first instrument and then yeah and then go to oh sorry okay. <laughs> go to the instrument I have now uh, do you have any instruments between oh tons yeah can we get through some of the, the important okay. ones okay so one the sentimental ones I was in jazz band and you know jazz band one thing about it for for musicians is uh it's a way of having some sort of you know you're working with your peers you're learning music you're playing together right you're also like sometimes you're shining sometimes you're doing really well um you know I don't know um I played saxophone and clarinet and I really got into it like I got into it so much that I would just I would practice and practice and practice until things were absolutely perfect to me. Wow. Like J jazz just, saxophone? Yeah. So I'd practice and, and I got to play, I, would, I got to be in like two of the bands in junior high. So I was like in band A and band B. <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, saxophonist were you listening at the time? What kind of jazz saxophone? Oh, I, I wasn't listening to, you know, I'm just saying I, for me, I was like perfecting the parts we had like Watermelon Man or whatever, you know, and like, yeah, I just, um. I just remember, I, I still remember the solo for Watermelon Man from, yeah, from like middle school. Do you sneak it in in one of your performances? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can you believe I remember like how to do it? I'm like, oh my God, I remember how it sounds. Mm. Yeah, it's just so weird. Um, so what came after the saxophone and clarinet? Um, then I, I mean, let's see. I think I began to sing more. So I began began to write more of my own kind of like I, I wrote one horrible song for I got plenty of those in fresh freshman year I think oh yeah, yeah. freshman year I wrote a horrible well I wrote it for a project and I was like okay the team needs it let's go let's do this took one for the team took one for the team and I don't think anybody liked it it sounded weird I can still remember it what's the song about it was about Gaia it was about, about Mother the, Earth. Mother Earth? Yeah. It was like, and it sounded so weird because the chords were all weird. It sounded almost medieval, you know? <laughs> really, because I was like, I don't know why I was getting into these, like, how did I come up with that? I can remember it, but yeah, I remember, so I, I recorded it and I, like, I just recorded myself playing on piano and singing it. Mm -hmm. And then I brought that into school and played it 
and it's like people were like okay because it was for some utopia project where we all had to like create a utopia so our utopia was like strawberry fields and it was like here everybody have a strawberry slushy our whole economy is based on strawberries nice also here's our song you know gaia gaia is the name of our <laughs> utopia enjoy <laughs> and everyone's like this is weird <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> what came after that? Um, then um, I got into, so I, yeah, I got into guitar a bit mm. in college, and then. Do you have a acoustic, or do you go straight acoustic. to electric? Acoustic, yeah. Okay. I started learning uh, just the cheapest Yamaha comes in a like, comes in like a paper, like a paper case, huh. you know, with stitches around it. No, I've never heard about that one. It looks cool. like the cheapest Yamaha you yeah. get. Yeah, so I played that, and I I learned, like, Neil Young songs, Tracy Chapman songs, all these, like, folk classic songs. And I, like, yeah, I would sing in my room. And hmm. Yeah, and then, then I began to write a lot more. Like, I began to write, write once I told you what happened. My grandfather died, and I was like, hmm. got to write the song. So what's the instrument you use now? Oh, I use so many instruments. So... I mean, I have an electronic setup where I, um, it's kind of like a, you know, you use a laptop, you have like a million VSTs, you can access like samples from libraries upon libraries of like string instruments or woodwinds or whatever you want. You can, you can synthesize your own sounds that emulate classic analog synthesizers, or I have some analog synthesizers, um, yeah, or I have a setup with like a a mic on my desktop, kind of like this. Yeah, and I, you know, I can record my own vocals, and and he's next door to me, and he doesn't mind. He's just <laughs> like he just does his like thing, uh -huh. and I'm like, ah, you know. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. All so right. I yeah, I just kind of build whole like productions these days. Yeah. All right, April. It's it's that time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much thank for you. having me. But before we go, though, okay, where can people check out your stuff? And tell me more about this album release party. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, they got to go to the album release party. It's going to be so good. Um, it's not just me. It's Peter Colclasier. Have you heard of him? He, he plays in Cola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays in Cola. Um, really, he, really cool dude. Yeah, on his own. He's an excellent solo pianist and composer. He, he made a beautiful album that's... You know, it's so fresh, it's modern, but still melodic, and he's got string players on it. Feels like, I told him, like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, it's like being out in nature. Like, feels calming. Like, you can listen to this many times and feel like your whole life is more romantic or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's got that kind of vibe to it, and he's going to have ballet dancers with him in a string section. So that he's going to start out the night, 7 o'clock, 7.15 or so. Where's this at? At the Mexican Heritage Theater, so that's the School of Art, Arts and Culture. It's seventeen hundred oh. Alum Rock Avenue. That's this Sunday. So show up at seven if you're going to come. Not see tomorrow, him. is it? No, next Sunday. Actually, this episode's releasing next Sunday, so oh, so it'll be today if you're listening. Oh, it'll be okay. Today, you better catch it. You better go <laughs> uh, today if you're listening in. Uh, this podcast episode will release like at at twelve midnight on on Saturday night. Oh, okay. So then might be able to catch it. Yeah. Okay, so after Peter's, we actually, the like, the ticket comes with food and wine, so. This ticket? Yeah. So you go in there, and the, you're going to be able to get um, 
fresh tacos and then my friend Wendy is making these beautiful ferments. I know it sounds weird, but they're like cultures of all these wonderful vegetables and stuff that you can put on top of things and they're pretty and colorful. So that'll be the food. We'll have some wine. Wine comes with your ticket too. Mm-hmm. So you get one glass of wine and some food. So that the food's at eight. And then my performance is at nine and I'm gonna have all kinds of people. So I, I just worked last night with the harpist, Ricky Rasura, mm-hmm. amazing harpist. He's like a harpist that can jam to my electronic music, which is awesome. I also have uh, some backup singers. So I'm getting the support of two amazing singers, uh, Rachel Larson and Kristen Fieldham. And um, yeah, and then I have uh, Alan Chen and Freya Seberger are gonna be there. I think you uh, you interviewed Freya once, right? Oh, she's awesome, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she'll be there. So you better show up. I, I would like to think we're friends. All right, we're cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's tonight. Oh, yeah. Sunday the 26th. Let's say it's tonight, yep. At the Mexican Heritage Plaza. Sunday the 27th. 27th, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mexican Heritage, Heritage Plaza at 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it is $25, but that includes food and wine. So that's a deal. Two concerts, food and wine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a uh, semi-formal event. Dress up is an occasion to dress up. So, semi-formal. Yeah, I'm saying okay. semi-formal because, you know, some of my friends are like, black tie. I'm like, nope. let's let's make it so everyone can dress up but still like you know polish up a little bit show up have a good time the album is it only available through cd you'll be selling your album i'm I'm gonna be selling my album there shout through the void it'll be available there only on cd only on cd so it will not be available online nope i'm not gonna release online for a while so i want to give people that appreciate going to album releases some advantage and all this right like Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, you should get the album first. And you're my hometown. You mm-hmm. should get the album before anyone else does. So, yeah, that's kind of what this is. Do you have any plans to uh, make vinyl out of it? I would like to, but I think that's all part of a Kickstarter I'm conjuring up. So, oh, awesome. I would like to do a Kickstarter for some vinyl and for some more music videos. I don't know if you saw one of my music videos. I did. did seems. You see? The Seams? Yeah. The Seams. Yeah, so that's yeah. the first music video I did for this album. That was a while ago. A year cool. ago, yeah. All right, April, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're awesome all good? Talk. Yeah, we're good. we're good. All right. There you have it, April G, also known as Contain Her. Keep a lookout for her new album, Shout Through the Void, and you can follow her on social media if you want to keep up with her upcoming gigs. I assure you guys that you want to see her live, her and her band. All right, uh, let's move on to next week. I have another great guest next week. I'm a little bit on the fence who it is. I'm still making arrangements, but I assure you it's going to be someone special. And uh, if you guys, again, can follow the JMS podcast on your social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, that would be great. There's some extra content that won't be available anywhere else. All right, see you guys next week. Take it easy. Have a good Sunday. God bless. Don't believe in God. Whatever. Cthulhu bless. Whatever gods or a non-denomination entity you, you believe in. Or maybe you don't... Again, maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you don't give a shit. You don't believe in anything. Regardless, have a good Sunday. <laughs>